the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Colapo. Hey, Damien. Good morning. Good morning. How about that weather? You got a little wake up call when you walked outside this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, yesterday morning was a little bit cooler as well, but then it got warmer as the day went on. So yeah. I think and that's kind of what we're looking at today. I'm not quite sure. We'll get to that yeah. weather report later. <laughs> we will, and congratulations to your son on an undefeated football season as well. Yes, yes, they won their championship game yesterday, undefeated the entire season. Um, so go Knights. Go it Knights. was a great season, and he had the time of his life. So yes, great. and who did? What school is it? Um, that is something I actually don't say on the air. Oh, so, okay, uh, all right. Keeping it a little private. Well, but that's yeah, fine. Okay, there, so. all right. Well, we'll keep it that way. I'm sorry I <laughs> yeah. asked. All right, but we will that's start okay. out with the prayer. We're not afraid to do that in the name of the Father, Son, Holy yeah. Spirit. Amen. O God, who never allows the gates of hell to prevail against your church, firmly founded on the apostolic rock, grant her, we pray, that through the intercession of Pope St. Leo the Great, she may stand firm in your truth and know the protection of lasting peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, Amen. We have a great show. Oh, I'm so sorry, no, Damien. Yeah, I was Saint just Louis say, the Great. Yeah, pray for us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's our saint of the day today, and we'll be finding out more uh, on his life later on in today's show. But real quick, we have Bishop Michael Duca joining us. He's the bishop of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. He'll be giving us his gospel reflection in about six minutes, and then a diocese update with Damien. He'll tell us what's going on. I know as we're gearing up for Advent, we're in the giving season, so lots of things happening in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Looking forward to speaking with Bishop Duca later on. David Dawson Jr. joins us. He's the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And every Thursday, he joins us to talk about marriage and family life. And today, he's going to be talking about dependent on God for financial security. So I know that so many people are going through this right now with the state of the economy and uncertainty. Uh, so Dave's going to dive deeper into this topic. That'll be in about 35 minutes. And in 48 minutes, Sarah Damaris joins us. She's with the Loyola Institute for Ministry in New Orleans, and she's going to be talking about a generous grant that Loyola received to help religious sisters in the area. So she's going to give us more details on this, Damien, but 
anything to help religious sisters and the religious community, I'm all about learning a little bit more. So it's going to be a great interview with Sarah. Oh, yeah. It's good to find out what's going on as well. In the meantime, what's going on outside? You're going to feel a little chilly conditions this morning. Temperatures are actually in the low 50s, uh, but they're going to warm up. Fear not. Uh, Temperatures will get into the upper 70s as the day goes on plenty of sunshine in the forecast no rain expected and pretty much the same conditions for tomorrow as well the reason it's cool we got that north wind coming in now blowing about five to ten miles an hour and that's leading the way for a cool front that will be in our area for the weekend and when i say cool front we're talking about high saturday and sunday about 60 degrees and the lows are going to be in the 40s um uh, 20% chance of rain on Saturday, but it shouldn't last very long. Again, it, it's spotty at that. Temperatures in and around the area. Baton Rouge, it's 53. Home of Thibodeau, 57. In New Orleans, it's 61. Over across the lake in Covington, it's 55. And in Gulfport, 56. Don't go too far. We have your gospel and Bishop Michael Duca coming your way on Wake Up. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 17. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said in reply, The coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce, Look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. There will be those who will say to you, Look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit. For just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for that gospel reading. And we are blessed and fortunate to have Bishop Michael Duca with us today to talk about today's gospel and a reflection on it. Uh, Good morning, Bishop Duca. Welcome back to Wake Up. Good morning. I'm glad to be here this morning. Well, we're glad to have you. So let's jump right in into the the gospel itself. And, you know, we talk about seeking the kingdom of God and— how does one go about doing that in today's world? Well, this this reading today is interesting because it, it answers a lot of pers- I mean, kind of prevalent ideas you, you meet today in the world, but people are saying the end of the world is coming here, or <laughs> God's coming this time, or there, he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Here, what's interesting, another way it says this, it says, the kingdom of God cannot be observed, no one announced, look, here it is. There it is. We're always looking for the kingdom of God out there. He says, no, behold, the kingdom of God is among you. That we, because Jesus has formed the church together, we are called to come together now to build the kingdom of God. It's alive in us, because Jesus is, in a sense, the source and summit of the kingdom of God. And so we, we now come together, and we look for the kingdom of God within ourselves as we become more converted to Christ, more his disciples in the world, we begin, we create, we build up the kingdom of God in a very real way. But it's already present among us. It's present among us when we come, you might say, in many ways, when we come for communion at Mass, at the Eucharist, this being the year of the, one of the years of the Eucharist renewal we're in. And so, I've always said this, we always want someone else to kind of do the work and say, God, come down 
and change the world. God, come down and help us with this. But he has come down. <laughs> he has established his kingdom. And we are the kingdom of God. And so don't look for it out there. Uh, don't look for it as something coming in the future to solve all of our problems or to wipe out you know, all the difficulties. He's given us the grace and the power. We're the ones that are called now to proclaim that, that hope to the world. And, and so don't go on. So, it, so oftentimes we're looking for us, someone else to, to answer the problems. For example, hunger in the world. Well, yeah, I can't solve all the hunger in the world, but I can do something. And if everyone does something, you know, look at this. We just had a lottery of what, 1.9, almost actually, yeah. Yeah, almost two, two billion, billion almost. billion dollars. Okay. <laughs> That's people giving a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. You know, what, what, what can we do if we together as Christians, and we do this all the time, actually, as we gather together for special collections or we gather together in, in, in community work or volunteer work together, what a great difference we can make. We can really make this happen if we believe the kingdom of God is within us and that God has called us forth. Not as, it's really, here's the thing, it's not about how much we're going to accomplish. It's about living the mission, living the kingdom of God in our lives right now. And if we'll all do that, then I think God can work great changes in the world through us, him working through us, I should say. Yes. And uh, mm. I don't worry about when he's going to come again in glory, because as it says here, it's going to be like a like lightning, you know? You can be driving around in a storm. Boy, you're always surprised by the lightning. <laughs> it, it comes when you least <laughs> expect it, and sometimes closer than you expect. And that's what it's going to be like, I think, in the end of the world. It's going to come back quick. So we don't need to worry about you know, when it's going to come. In a sense, it's already here. Let us live it. And let us also, it means, putting ourselves into a kind of eternal mindset that we're not living just for this world, but for the next as well. And, mm-hmm. and so this, this reading, interesting, it, 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 it's got, it talked about the whole kind of eschatology of Christ, you know, coming to save us and coming again at the end. But he also, at the very end, he says, but first you must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. Mm-hmm. So he also is reading this in a very historical moment as well. So it's a, it's a great passage. It, it's yeah. just, uh, well, uh, and, and one, if we think about it, one, to enter the kingdom of God, we also must be willing to accept the suffering and perseverance and the trials in our everyday lives because our faith isn't a one-and-done type of faith. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's not easy to live the gospel message. Uh, but, you know, depends on how you look at it. If we really are convinced that we live the gospel with a real joy in our heart, then, yes, we, we're going to get some suffering from that. It's mm-hmm. not always easy to be faithful in personal ways, but also in witnessing the faith faith in, uh, in within, well, within our groups of people that we, that we mix with every day in our job or in... in our, our neighborhoods or whatever, but if we believe in it, it comes out of our hearts with joy. It's not. It, it's really more an attractive thing to people ultimately, and hopefully, it will draw them to Christ. But you're right. It's Jesus says he must first suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. Um, but in the end, we know that through that suffering, he also rose from the dead. That there's that hopeful message always. We need to keep that in our heart. The more we can proclaim the gospel through joy, uh, rather than you know, confrontation, uh, 
I think that it's much more convincing the people to draw them to Christ. Although sometimes you have to stand up and you speak what you believe, but if you do it with joy in your heart, it's, it's sometimes disarming to people and, uh, it makes them think again, maybe I'm missing something here, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. It's not an easy thing to do this. Yeah. Uh, building the kingdom of God is difficult. We know that we got many forces against it you know, actively working against it. Um, but it should not keep us from moving. That's why I say we have to have an eternal vision of this. It's like, we're not necessarily working for success. We're working for, we're just called to live the mission of being disciples. And um, we do it together and we do it unified. I think it makes a great difference in this world. Bishop, you are so right. Beautiful reflection and great insight as well on today's gospel. It's got to start with us. And then from there, the church will grow and love and joy in the process. Don't go too far. Bishop Michael Duke is going to continue with us. We're going to get an update on what's going on in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. It's 15 after on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 10th. Today we celebrate Pope St. Leo the Great. Elected in 440, Pope Leo distinguished himself throughout his 21-year pontificate as one of the best administrators of the ancient church. He was likewise known for his pastoral skills and spiritually profound sermons. As Holy Father Leo worked hard to control the heresies prominent in his day, and to call the followers of those heresies back to true Christian beliefs. A second major area of concern for him was the controversy within parts of the Church over the nature of Christ. Leo also led the defense of Rome against barbarian attack, taking the role of peacemaker. On one occasion, he persuaded Attila the Hun to halt his path toward Rome, which he was planning to plunder. But Leo's path to sainthood has its basis in the spiritual depth with which he approached the pastoral care of his people. Well-versed in scripture and ecclesiastical awareness, he had the ability to reach their everyday needs and interests. Pope St. Leo was indeed a great pope, a man who was boundless in his energy, large of heart, and clear in his sense of duty as St. Peter's successor. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And a happy Thursday morning to everyone, November 10th. Welcome back to Wake Up 19 After the Hour. We continue our chatting with Bishop Michael Duca with the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Bishop, before we jump into the activities and events and all the happenings within the diocese, we at Catholic Community Radio want to just say thank you for showing up at Catholic Man Night last week. Oh, that was a great night. I enjoyed <laughs> it. Uh, it's always a great time to mix with people. I guess I got to meet some some interesting people. I always meet new people, new uh, Catholics in the area, and had a great speaker. And yeah, it's a great night. And of course, with John Paul's cooking, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's kind of hard, yeah, not to, to have a bad night with him, that's for sure. So uh, anyway, right. thank thank you for joining us. And of course, we'll be doing it next year. It turned out to be a great evening, and we were blessed to have you, along with, I think, close to 13 priests joined us, and maybe even a seminarian, a number of deacons. So when we called it Catholic Man Night, it was it was flourishing. 
It did, yeah. And it was, uh, I didn't win the uh, <laughs> a couple of the uh, door prizes I was hoping to win. But other than that, it was a good night. You notice a lot of the restaurants in that gift card pack were all Italian? You know, you and I, 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 I kind of did that with you and me in mind, but neither one of us won that. That's where all my tickets went. <laughs> All my tickets went into that basket. <laughs> okay, well let's let's see what's happening in the. You, this is Vocations Week, and uh, can you give us an update on the latest with our seminarians and and how they're currently doing? Our seminarians are doing fine. We have two great seminaries here in the in the state of Louisiana, St. Joseph's, of course, at the Benedictine Abbey uh, for the college seminarians, and of course Notre Dame. Uh, Notre, I think I think that the the seminary St. Joseph Seminary uh, Seminary College, uh, run by the Benedictines, is the largest now I think college seminary in the United States. Wow! And Notre Dame is well noted. Notre Dame is pulling seminarians in from all the surrounding states now and even beyond. Uh, they have very strong programs. Ever since I arrived in, in Louisiana in 2008 as Bishop of Shreveport. Um, they, if you remember, they did visitations to all the seminaries, and uh, those visitations proved to be very fruitful. And since that time, and also the rebuilding done in Notre Dame because of Katrina, uh, they re- rebuilt the buildings. They're all up to date and uh, powerfully good programs. So our, our seminarians are very happy. And Shreveport, my seminarians used to like coming to Notre Dame Seminary. They weren't quite sure they liked New Orleans so much, but they loved the seminary. And so it was a, it's a great program. So our seminarians are doing very well. The challenge in, in seminary life right now for us is that um, we are adding to and expanding the formation program to the new program for priestly formation. And I can only talk about it very quickly here, but there's now going to be a kind of propedeutic year uh, that's not seminary yet, although you are a seminarian, more like an novitiate that a religious order would have, where you go in for that one year and you begin to uh, kind of understand and learn about the spiritual life, begin to develop a spiritual life, um, begin to understand what it means to be a disciple. Many times our seminarians come into the seminary without very much ecclesial and sometimes very much um, experience in the faith. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're recent converts or they were away from the church for a while. So there's now this propedeutic year to prepare them spiritually, um, some beginning intellectual, and also some human formation time so that when they enter the seminary, they're ready to go full speed into the seminary formation. Um, so that we have that program, and then it's gonna, there's going to be another section at the end, so when they leave the seminary, there'll be a time where they'll return to the diocese as deacons, uh, and we'll, have, we'll be in the diocese for six months before the bishop chooses uh, to ordain them. And so there's another time at the end. So this is all a very new, we're adding these pieces over the next couple of years, so it's a challenging time for us, but exciting. Yeah, because it adds more opportunities for formation. Is this strictly, so that, the seminarians are doing well? Is that strictly for the Baton Rouge diocese, or you archdiocese no, New that, Orleans that, and others? That, 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 no, this this is international. This is Interna- like okay. We get our primary uh, doc, the program for priestly formation is based on uh, what we get from Rome. Okay, so this is a, this is a, they see this as a need throughout the world, uh, partly because it used to be when I was a seminarian. Um, and that probably at the edge of the changes, but most of the guys that came into the seminary were, came from the intact families. They'd grown up in the church, churches. A lot of them had gone to Catholic schools. There's a lot of formation already uh, in our lives spiritually. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, that's kind of spotty. It's not always yeah. uh, consistent. People fall away from the faith, they come back. So it's trying to heal some of that and also strengthen our candidates uh, for uh, priestly life, yeah. which is going to be in some ways more challenging than it has in the past. So, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a very, we're excited about it, but we have, and sometimes some dioceses will have those programs in their, in, in their own diocese. Like they'll have their novitiate year within the diocese. So they'll get a small cohort of guys and form them for entering the seminary. But the seminaries are also providing that opportunity. So there'll be a, uh, propedeutic year at both the seminaries here in Louisiana. Awesome. Uh, so we'll, we may take advantage of those as well. Uh, so they're doing fine. And so, and, and again, if you don't mind me asking, the, there's kind of a, a, a grassroots, I call it, campaign, or if you want to just say development of young men. Uh, Father Joshua Johnson is doing a great job encountering young men and introducing them as well as young women to the vocation of religious life. And I think it, the program is called St. Andrew's Dinner. Are you that yes, he's doing at yes. Sacred Heart? What a beautiful idea. Yeah, the best thing I've done is, is have two guys, Father uh, Andrew Merrick, who really watches over our seminarians, and Father Josh Johnson, who is our promoter, you might say, vocation director. He greets, he invites in and um, vets them for the seminary. Uh, but yes, he has great, He has so many programs going. But <laughs> one of them is the Andrew Dinner, which was based on the idea that Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so... The idea, the original of Andrew Dinner was, and we kind of use this model loosely, pastors were to invite young men in their parish to consider the priesthood and come to a dinner with the bishop. And so they come with their parents oftentimes, uh, or with their pastor, and they come to a dinner where the bishop is, and they have a chance to meet the bishop, have dinner together, meet one another, talk with other priests, and then have a presentation, uh, and an invitation to, to continue discerning with the vocation director in many num- any number of ways. And so we, he has one of those about every month now. And mm-hmm. I've been going to every one of them. And uh, they've been very, I've met a lot of young men. He has a lot of people involved in us searching and discerning. And we, uh, we, have, we don't have enough seminarians now. We need more seminarians for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. But I believe his work's gonna start paying off over the next few years. Uh, the other thing I have to tell you, one of the things that, that surprises me we need to work on, too, is that we have a very large African-American community here, uh, but we don't have, except for Josh Johnson, we don't have any African-American priests, which is really, I think, a testament to something that's been lacking in our vocation work. So that's one reason why Josh is doing this work, too. And we already have now one uh, new seminarian. Ely, he's a new seminarian in our diocese, African-American. But he's able to draw in a, a whole nother generation of people, I hope, that can serve the diocese going forward, uh, not just from, uh, from every community. We also need to continue to reach out to our Hispanic community as well. Yeah. We have a need for Spanish-speaking priests in our diocese. Right. But no, he's, got, he's, he's full of energy. He, and he so, is. And, and Bishop, we only have and, a couple minutes left. I don't want to, uh, you to leave without giving us an—you uh, know, the annual appeal is underway. How is that going, and where do the monies go these days? Well, first of all, it seems to be going very well. We seem to be reaching out. We've, we've reached out to more people this year, and I think it's been, it looks like it's going to be very successful. But, yeah, it, it really takes care of those ministries that, that kind of work within the, every, every, every parish. So it's going to be campus ministry, 
at our three sites in the diocese. It's going to be to Catholic school education, mainly through scholarships. It's going to be to uh, Catholic charities and charitable work in the diocese. And it's going to be the vocation. Those are the four great big ones that we use the money for directly. And then I have a smaller fund that will take care of some prison ministry, pro-life ministry in the diocese, and then a little money for me to give to little ministries that are starting up uh, that need a little help. So we, we take care of a lot of those ministries like campus ministry. Everybody's got someone going to a campus. And so these don't fall under any parish, but they're really the work of the whole diocese. So uh, we're looking forward to a, another successful year this year as well. Amen. Okay, Bishop, before you leave, because I, I believe you have mass coming up, can you leave us with a blessing for not only us here at Catholic Radio, but also all of our listeners today? I sure will. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, fill us with your Holy Spirit as we begin this day. Give us, remind us, Lord, to every moment, look for our our opportunities to build up the kingdom of God. Look for opportunities to be Christ for someone else. Let us carry the kingdom of God within ourselves, that with our lives we may proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and believe that through him we have the power to change the world. We ask God's blessings to keep us safe today, bring success to the work of our hands, and give us generosity to those in need. We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Bishop, thank you so much for being with us. We love having you, and continue to pray for us. We're praying for you. You can count on that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you for all the good work you're doing. Well, thank you. Bishop Michael Duga, Diocese of Baton Rouge. Don't go too far. David Dawson Jr.'s on the agenda. He's standing in the on-deck circle here on Wake Up. past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado. Our next guest is David Dawson Jr. He's the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Hey Dave, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely, absolutely. How you doing? We are doing great. And this is quite an interesting topic. And I think at one point uh, we all kind of turn to God for this. But depending on God for financial security, kind of dive deeper into this and your insights. Yes, yes. This is one of those things I think that lies uh, deep, uh, the foundation for most of us of our relationship with God, even though we typically don't know it. I know I I certainly haven't pinpointed it well uh, very often, but. A lot of times, how we define security and whether or not we're doing well, or whether or not life is going well, um, or that in really subconsciously whether God cares about us or takes care of us or actually does real things, has to do with our financial security. Do we feel like you know things are secure, things are well, things are as as desired, as our happiness and our freedom kind of you know at hand? Um, and so, if we've got enough in the bank account, if we've got enough to do the things that we feel like are needed to do the things that we feel like are, are wanted so that we've got the freedom uh, to be able to, to kind of attain the rest and the happiness that we desire. So these are things that we don't necessarily think about all the time, you know, on the surface, but it's just, it's, it's underlying and it, it defines a lot of our attitude and how we feel like life is going. And so 
of course, it's going to affect whether we feel like God does stuff for us, whether he knows our needs, whether he, he actually moves in the real world, because the real world, for most of us, is how we're doing financially. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how we define things. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it can be tough sometimes. And I think this is one of the main things, especially for men, but it's certainly for women, too. But, like, you know, does God actually do stuff? Can you actually, when, like, when you pray, what's the point? What are you trying to accomplish? Because for most of us, the sense is if God doesn't give me more money, if he doesn't make my life more secure financially, then what is he doing? Like, then what's the point? The rest of it kind of seems like this spiritual realm in which I'm supposed to pay attention to. But truth be told, like, if I don't have what I need financially, then what's the point? And so I think that that question, although it sounds kind of shallow and surfacey when we say it out loud, the truth is we all wrestle with that to some extent. And I think uh, a lot of times God gets caught in the midst of, 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 of that thinking, and we assume that he doesn't really function uh in in the real because of that Mm -hmm. most definitely you know um and i know a lot of people turn to different things like scripture and uh even financial not gurus but you know uh, guides like you know dave ramsey tie in scripture and money together and budgeting together as husband and wife talk about how important it is to talk to your spouse uh when it comes to maybe budgeting and money and depending on god because god sees the bigger picture sometimes we just don't see that and it can be quite difficult at times yeah, you know, I think one of the things that's made it hard for us is, is, you know, we discern things and believe that God's calling us certain things, and we've got a big family, and we believe that God asks us to be open to that. And we've got specific points in prayer that we can pull up and, and be reminded of that happened that we're like, all right, this is a time where God spoke to us very clearly, and we heard, and, you know, mm-hmm. asking us to be open to have all these kids and to, to, to work for the church, and, you know, that doesn't typically work out financially. Uh, we've we've never had to go without. We've been able to receive uh, what we've needed. We've been able to, to move forward. But still, like when things start looking low and numbers start not adding up, we're like, all right, God doesn't care about us. We're up a creek. He's led us out here to die, just like the Israelites in the desert. And, uh, you know, it, the, the, the sense that God doesn't actually function the way we need him to, that's when it creeps in the most. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. the assumption is if God actually cared about us, He'd give me more control over my finances. He'd give me more control over what's supposed to happen when. When the truth is, what I need more than anything and what I want more than anything is for God to be bigger than me, for him to be actually in control and for me to be able to depend upon that, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) The truth is, like, I'm not not letting him. I want him to give me control. Like, if God loves me, he's going to give me control. And the truth is, like, Mm -hmm. if he loves me, he's going to teach me how to depend upon him. Uh, But it's hard to see that sometimes. Absolutely. And and also seeing that, you know, whenever we receive, you know, a paycheck or something every month that it's God's money and technically not our money and kind of getting into that mindset, too, which is weird to say out loud. But it is it is true, Dave. Yeah, it's, it's a gift. And that's, that's part of it, I think, is recognizing that, you know, uh, what we lost the fall, you know, in Eden is a dependence on God to provide for us because we assume that, like, I got to take care of me that I've got to reach out and mm-hmm. take. And, and if that is a hard life to live, and that's working by the sweat of our brows instead of participating in, in cultivating God's garden and letting Him provide for us. And what a gift it is to walk around with Him in the garden and for Him to show us the beautiful things He wants to provide. It's funny, I think it, mm-hmm. what struck me most, you know, in, in, in just studying these things and looking at the way Adam and Eve lived is that God gave us desires specifically to fulfill them, not so we could say, thanks, I got it from here. I'm going to live a good life, and you can just kind of wind the clock up and let me go. 
but to be able to depend upon him. I think with finances in particular, that's one of those ways that if we can start saying, all right, Lord, teach me how, which is a hard question to ask, but yeah. teach me how yeah. to depend upon you, to receive that gift from you so I can see it as a gift and know that, like, you are with me, you got me, and I don't have to necessarily be the one. Not that I'm letting go completely, but I get to be participating mm-hmm. in what he's doing, right? Because otherwise I can kind of assume that I'm, I'm muscling out. Because, look, if he did fill my bank account all of a sudden, if he filled it, you know, to some huge number, <laughs> I would, uh, just like with the, with the Israelites in the desert, I would forget about him very, very mm-hmm. quickly, <laughs> right? And he doesn't want that yeah. either. That's not going to help me at all. Well, we were just talking earlier with Bishop Duca about the lottery with the uh, the billions mm. of dollars that is in the lottery or was in the lottery. It's just crazy, that amount yeah. of money. Um, you know, Dave, also, I've been into a lot of webinars lately because we are getting into the giving season, especially for I Give Catholic and yeah. Giving Tuesday. And the one thing that is always asked is what to do during the current economic state of our country and relying on donors, but also relying on God in that moment, because with everything going up, whether it's gas prices, depending where you're living, or even groceries, it seems like when one thing goes up, the other goes down, and then it goes up again, and it's kind of like a little game. Um, Talk about that and uh, relying on God with things we just cannot control. Yes, yeah. So, there's, I mean, honestly, regardless of how control we might, we might in control we might feel for a time, we are never going to be in mm-hmm. control uh, when it comes yeah. to, especially when it comes to things like money or our resources, right? But it's funny that the church actually has something built in for us to put our dependence on God, and it's tithing. So tithing has been something that's mm-hmm. been a part of the church and part of our faith since the Old Testament, since Abraham and Moses. And so it's it's what it's yeah. meant to be is a, a tenth of uh, what we receive. So what we've discovered is it's a beautiful gift to be able to say, like, regardless of how much money's coming in, regardless of how much money's going out, a tenth of what comes in goes right back to God. And we put it back to God. We give it to the usually to the parish where we're registered so that it, it, it's we're, we're offering it to the place where we are receiving him. Uh, and the sacraments, so it makes the most sense. Uh, if we get like something big, you know, a tax return or something like that, that tithing, a tenth of that is going to go probably to our parish, but we're also going to be looking at other charities and that kind of thing. So it's, it's built in for us to be able to, so we don't have to come up with this on our own, it's built in for us to be able to offer that to the Lord, not just because we're heroic, but because it's, it's, a, it's a concrete way that we show our dependence on Him. We recognize that what He gives us is a gift and so we offer him back that 10% to recognize that, like, although that may seem a lot and it may seem hard, it's his. And we are his. And this is all mm-hmm. his. And the whole process is his. Yeah. Right? And so there's a, there's a concrete way that we, can, that we can continue to live that. And I, we have found that to be beautiful and that yeah. God is never outdone in generosity. Absolutely. Tithing is so, so, so important. There's so many different organizations out there as well that you can help out. Um, and God provides... Uh, that is 100% so true time and time again, so it has been proven. Uh, but David Dawson, Jr., Director of the Office of Paris Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, where can people go to find out more information about what you do in the diocese? Yeah, so htdiocese.org uh, is our website, and just look for the Office of Parish Support. And we're ready to help with anything you want to get going at your parish, and, and one of our big focuses is to make it to where you, your families and your parish are getting resources like this and getting uh, some, some strategies and some support within their parishes uh, from one another and from, from different leaders and raising up leaders and training other leaders. So that's kind of our bread and butter, ready to help with whatever. 
Great. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Sarah Damaris joins us from the Loyola Institute of Ministry in the University of Loyola University, Loyola University of New Orleans. Oh my goodness, that's sometimes really hard to say, but stay with us and grab that extra cup of coffee just like I will. It's 45 past the hour. past the hour. You're listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. Our next guest is Sarah Damaris with the Loyola Institute for Ministry at Loyola University of New Orleans. And today she joins us to talk about a generous grant Loyola received to help religious sisters of New Orleans. Hey, Sarah, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm all about helping the religious community, especially the religious sisters in New Orleans. So tell us a little bit about this wonderful grant and the details. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, for some context about uh, what we do at the Loyola Institute for Ministry, or LIM, um, we provide uh, education for people who want to serve in ministry. And we've been doing that for over 50 years here in New Orleans. Um, in dioceses around the country and really around the world through our extension programs. Um, And over those 50 years, we've had many, many students who are sisters who come to us for education, um, to learn how to better serve their communities, to improve their skills for ministry. And we've been really blessed to have a partnership with the Conrad N. Hilton Foundation. Um, We've now received four grants from their Catholic Sisters Initiative, which supports the education and formation of Catholic sisters around the world. So through their support, we've had sisters study with us from East and West Africa, Asia, New Orleans, around the United States, um, including most recently, we had some projects in Eastern Africa that uh, involved sisters learning Catholic social teaching and then applying that Mm -hmm. in sustainable development projects in their communities. Um, But to turn to our new project, this one brings us closer to home. We are really excited Mm -hmm. that um, our latest grant is funding uh, work with sisters here in the Archdiocese of New Orleans and really through the Gulf South region. Um, So that project is called Flourishing Sisterhood, Nourishing Communities Mm -hmm. in the Gulf South. And um, what we're going to be doing is just supporting the well-being of sisters through formation opportunities and through some other creative projects, which I can talk about. But we're all about um, supporting sisters, giving them opportunities to connect to each other, to learn, and to help uh, the public and the church learn more about the great work that sisters do. There are so many religious communities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans just because it's so heavily populated and deep-rooted in Catholicism since its founding, pretty much. Um, Talk about, yeah, the different projects that this will be working on. I love the title, Flourishing Sisterhood, uh, especially when it comes to the local community. Yeah, thank you. Um, So the project has three main goals. Um, One is to amplify sisters' voices. Um, So we know that sisters um, can be really powerful voices for for justice. We know that they have incredible stories to share of the ways that they've served their communities, lived their vocations. Um, So we want to amplify and share those stories more broadly. Um, One of the ways that we're going to do that is through developing a podcast 
sometime next year. They'll share some of those stories. Um, a second goal is we want to increase support for sisters by better understanding their needs. And we are doing that through a partnership with the Vicar for Religious of the Archdiocese, and that is the fabulous Sister Beth Fitzpatrick, who has just been an incredible partner to us in discerning what sisters need at this moment in time in this particular place and how Loyola might help, you know, how, how we can partner with sisters to um, help them achieve that. So we're going to be doing a survey of sisters throughout the Gulf South to discern what are the challenges that sisters face today, what are opportunities, you know, how, what are ways that sisters are already really thriving or flourishing, what's working and what's not working, what are opportunities to better support sisters or provide them more resources. Um, so Sister Best and her office mm -hmm. are going to be collaborating with us on that. Um, and then finally, the bulk of the project is really for sisters' formation. Um, so we are going to be offering a certificate in spirituality that's open to sisters throughout the Gulf South, and um, they're going to be learning in learning communities. So they'll gather together. That could be online or in person, depending on <laughs> schedules and availability, but they are going to be in communities studying spirituality and aging, um, which as we were developing this project that emerged as a major question and concern for sisters is, um, you know, what, is, what does aging mean? <laughs> what do we, how do we mm -hmm. consider aging in light of our religious vocations? And how do we age well and flourish um, in light of the reality that, you know, many sisters' communities are aging these days? So, um, yeah, that's the primary opportunity is this grant is funding scholarships for sisters to study with Loyola. I love it. How can, where can we go, Sarah, to keep up with the project and the, a podcast series that primarily focus on stories of sisters' lives, experiences, their wisdom? That sounds like something that I would definitely listen to for sure. And I think a lot of people as well. So where can we go to kind of keep up with the project? Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, so one way would be to keep up with uh, the Loyola Institute for Ministry on social media. So we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. And if you search for Loyola Institute for Ministry, you'll find those. Um, you can also check out our website. There's the main LIM website is dnh.loino.edu slash LIM, L-I-M. Um, and you can also, if you just Google Flourishing Sisterhood or Loyola Flourishing Sisterhood, you'll find our project website, and we're going to be posting updates there, including, of course, these podcast episodes when they're available. Great. Sarah Demarius with the Loyola Institute for Ministry. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. We're so grateful always for any chance to talk about sisters and to amplify the great work that they're doing for the church. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Damien, I love listening to this kind of things and hearing more and more podcasting opportunities available just to get the word out. But uh, one real quick thing I did want to say before we wrap up today's show is Box of Joy. We've been having a mm -hmm. lot of drop-offs at our Baton Rouge studio. I've been getting the pictures. So take mm -hmm. a look at our website at ccradio.live for drop-off times. Today, it's 6.15 in the morning to 2.30 p.m. is your drop-off time. So Box of Joy fill a box with 
toys for children uh, in third world countries so they can receive a Christmas gift this season. And it's it's amazing to see how many people have been dropping off boxes. Uh, I know the Catholic daughters came and dropped off a whole bunch. And I, I just got a message that more are coming. So thank you so much. But please consider uh, dropping off a box for a child in need. CCRadio.live, there's a button at the top of the homepage. You can click for more information. So it's pretty yeah, great. If it's you run wonderful. to the store to pick up items, you could bring it here. We have extra boxes. You could fill them when you come yes. to the studio. Tomorrow's the last day to drop them off two o'clock so get out there you got a little more than 24 hours to get your boxes filled and help out needy children in third world countries and have them let them celebrate a great christmas as well wait i think and every box has a rose is the last day oh it is okay yeah well good yes okay i didn't mean to cut it short (laughs) then i was putting a little urgency on it maybe a little too much yeah (laughs) okay well saturday then uh but the beautiful part too is uh there's a rosary and some other religious items that go in the boxes we take care of that so all right we're going to close with our prayer today in the name of the father son holy spirit amen Dear Jesus, help me to understand your kingdom. Build your kingdom within me in my thoughts and desires. Become my life and my love. Cut away any distance between us. Make my life the light and salt to spread your kingdom efficiently and effectively to those with whom I cross paths with. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have events in your listening area. We will give you details about Jerry Dixon with the Diocese of Biloxi. Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper joins us and so much more. Happy, wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.